Good morning, John. Good morning, Ray. And welcome to those listening to another edition of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting with John and Ray. Is it another edition or another episode? Uh, I think those would be interchangeable. Oh, that's why you interchange them? And we are adding to the episodes we already have, so this is an addition. Okay. This is an additional episode. Welcome to uh, an additional episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. How about that? Okay. You like that better? An additional episode. Okay. All right. So we want to thank everyone for joining us. Today we are going to talk about the service BDC. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, and maybe we'll get into some specific processes and best practices. Maybe, uh, maybe. I, I, I was mentioning retention earlier before we started recording. Would you like to talk about that or save that for a later episode? Well, first, I think we should uh, start with why why a service BDC. Why even have one? We've mentioned in other episodes mm-hmm. of a Saturday morning sales meeting. And the what I always come back to is... In talking to dealers that don't have service BDCs, I'll ask them... Your famous the four explanation. Sim- four simple questions. Okay. Let's who, have them. Who handles the inbound calls? It's the service advisor. If they don't have a BDC, correct. Okay. Uh, who handles the people on the lane? The service advisor, Ray. Uh, when's the busiest time on the lane? Of course, it's the morning and the late afternoon. Okay. And when's the busiest time on the phone? Oh, of course, the morning and the late afternoon. And my final question, after I ask those four questions, is how many people can one person effectively help at one time? And then do they put their hand on their chin and stroke it thoughtfully? No, "Hmm." usually they just nod quickly and roll their hand in front of them like, yeah, 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 I get it. Go on. (laughs) I've heard this from the last guy that was here. Right. Yeah. But honestly, yeah, one. We can only help one person effectively Mm -hmm. at one time and... The scenario that typically happens for dealerships that still have their service advisors answering the phone is they have somebody standing in front of them and either they stop working with that guy to t- answer the phone and that person thinks, why are you talking on the phone? I'm standing here in front of you. Help me. Right. What's more important to yeah, you? Yeah. Stop You know, talking to other people or you don't answer the phone and they hear the phone ringing going... Is anybody going to answer right. that? No wonder nobody answers the phone when I call. You guys are all standing around listening to a ring. So. Right. And I mean, I've been in dealerships. You know, I'd literally be sitting there with the receptionist working with her, going over some processes or procedures, and the phone rings. Right. And I'm like, well, go ahead and get that. I'll be here all day. You know, go ahead and answer that call. Right. Well, it's a service call. Okay, no problem. Let me transfer you. Hold on. Well, you know, we start talking about our process again. Well, 20 seconds later, ring back. You know, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Let me place you on hold one more time. Let me see if I can get them. Service, line one, service. Right. You know, then she's paging back there. I mean, not even paging. She'll pick up the phone and call the advisor. And, and that is not answering. That happens in every dealership all over the country. Yeah, absolutely. Right? We've seen it multiple times. It doesn't matter. Big city, small town. We see that service calls are not handled effectively. Uh, and this is opportunity. Every service call is an opportunity for the dealership to make more revenue. Yeah, and I think it's, um, you've said something before about your service, the sales department sells the first one, your service department sells everyone after that. The second one, the third one, the fourth one. Uh, Another thing that I've I've heard and, and had dealers either 
think about it and admit that, yeah, they that probably is true or say that they've experienced that it's true, is that if you sell somebody a set of tires, they're more likely your customer for life. Okay. Right? And I don't know what it is about buying tires. But, oh, really? Yeah. I thought there was more to that story. No, no that's just it. That's Sell it. Sell somebody a set of tires. It's, it's been proven or really? researched that, yeah, if somebody's willing to come to you as a dealer for their tires, then they're going to come to you for everything. Okay, cool. Maybe because there's so many other options. Well, I think what, what I was uh, kind of alluding to is the customer experience. So how much, I mean, somebody told me once in a in a training seminar, they said, if we are meeting the customer's expectations, then we're failing miserably Absolutely. because their expectations are so low. Yeah. And, you know, maybe the customer would forgive you for not answering their service call. But I mean, nine times out of 10, let's face it, it's probably someone calling to say, hey, you've had my vehicle since this morning and no one has called me. Is it ready? What's going on with it? Yeah. You know, it's a status call. Right. And that's another element, not something that you want fielded out of the BDC, something that you need a process on your lane so that advisors are getting back to their customers. And it's, again, an opportunity to generate more revenue. If, mm-hmm. if service advisors, while you have the customer's car, before they're showing up, standing in front of you, ready to pay and leave, if you're having a conversation about other services that they may be due for or might consider, uh, you know, while you have their vehicle and they're not at the dealership is the best time for them to agree to those additional services. Well, while we have it, we could go ahead and do this, this, and this. If you didn't talk to them when you took the vehicle into your service. So slow that down. Generalize that for me. Say that again. So if you have a customer and you have found other potential service items mm-hmm. that you can sell them. So they came in because their brakes were squeaking. Right. Or they just came in for an oil change. While they were there, you did a 120-point inspection or a 40-point inspection, whatever it is. Yeah, just whatever your multi-point is, Mm -hmm. and you found some other thing, or finally you you realized that based on their mileage and their history, Mm -hmm. which you have, that there are some other things that maybe the manufacturer would recommend based on that mileage. And this is a great opportunity when they are away from the dealership, right, to suggest those additional services back to that customer. You don't want to suggest them when they're standing in front of you ready to pay and pick up their vehicle. And then you say, oh, hey, Mr. Customer, there are also a couple other things we found. Well, they're a lot less likely to go ahead and purchase those services because they're ready to go. Well, you know what, I'll bring it back or can we do it another time? Well, listen, we're talking about a lot of things here. We've already kind of used the shotgun approach on this episode. I would like to kind of back up here, and for, for me personally, I don't know if you'll agree, but the two biggest obstacles that I have seen to a service department be flowing more smoothly, giving a better customer experience, and producing more revenue, re- revenue is a better status update process, number one. Right. Um, a better inbound appointment process, inbound call process, right. uh, which I think should go to a BDC. Uh, and you don't just want a BDC to handle these inbound. You don't want them just sitting there waiting on the phone to ring. But we can also have the BDC doing these outbound calls, these uh, proactive calls for retention customers, for... Uh, decline services. Decline service. That's a great one. Yeah, right. absolutely. Well, uh, 
or people who, uh, you know, lost or orphan clients. Yeah, I was trying to think of a way to say that. Yeah, yeah, orphan clients. People that used to service with you but haven't in, say, 12 or 18 months. Right. So let's kind of summarize, again, in my opinion, uh, status calls. We have, need a smoother process. Inbound calls and outbound calls, we need a better process because the advisor cannot do that. Right. Uh, and then the MPI, I think, is an incredibly uh, strong opportunity that's not being utilized in most lanes. Tremendously and underutilized, absolutely. One of the biggest complaints I got from advisors when I would go to train on these processes that we're discussing is, hey, since you guys have been raising our retention, which is great for the dealer and the manufacturer loves it, but my RO amount has gone down. And so I don't like these. Can you all please stop making these retention calls? Right. They're dollars per RO. Yeah, yeah. And I said, no, we're not going to quit making those. Yeah. But if you would use this multi-point inspection and start, you know, kind of selling, you know, your job is not only to diagnose and write up. I mean, their job isn't really even to diagnose. Right. I mean, you're, part of the job description of a service device, a service advisor is to sell. Am I wrong? No. Yeah, and they're, they're paid bonuses based on their sales. Okay. Right. So they know that they need to be selling, and they know their, their, their compensation is directly impacted by their ability to sell. So service advisors are salespeople. It's the bottom line. Uh, but by, by gaining a customer, by spending time with a customer, and, and there are a number of factors that, that impact this, right? I mean, if we increase the RO count, right, but we have a, the same number of advisors that we had before, you know, I've, I've heard and seen experience that I would say 15 to 18 ROs a day is the sweet spot for an advisor okay. to be able to spend time with each customer, to be able to do those status update calls, to be able to sell more. They're going to be more effective as a service advisor if they stay within that 15 to 18 RO per day. Okay. If, you're, if your lane is flooded and your customers are used to just showing up, just you know, call it Murphy's Law. And they'll stand up, show up, and just wait in line. Right. And they're all going to show up at the same time on the same day. Yeah. So that, another benefit of a BDC is we can begin to manage the traffic that's coming through the service line. Absolutely. Right? So we we have stagger word, that. Yeah. We have word tracks for effective BDR, uh, you know, a business development rep, to try to encourage those uh, times that aren't, filled typically. I mean, most service advisors, honestly, you know, they're jam-packed first thing in the morning and they get through that rush and then it dies off. So that's when they kind of catch up on their paperwork and, you know, kind of coast a little bit. And then they kind of go and maybe they'll make a few calls or they'll have a couple of people who kind of sputter through the lane. And then at the end of the day, it's busy again. And they're just used to that you know, that roller coaster style of, of schedule. Right. Where if we could. And we can, we can even that out a little if bit. If we could even that consistent. out, they could be more effective throughout the entire day, sell more uh, benefit to, the, to your techs because you're scheduling people for the specific service they need. I mean, if everybody needs an express lube, well, you've got these high dollar techs that are wanting to turn wrenches because every hour they spend on a vehicle. There's money in their pocket. Right. So, and, you know, it leads to a less chaotic service lane, a less chaotic day for the advisors and the technicians as well. 
right. you know, knowing that we don't have this huge rush in the morning and this huge rush in the afternoon. Now, we may never get totally away from that. No. But if you do nothing, you're going to change nothing. Right. So, yeah, I, I've seen that firsthand as a BDC scheduling. You know, I, I know you'd like to be here at 730. I've, I've got an 830 available. I have or, a 915. Or I've seen a tremendous change through the schedule just by the first offering of a time being the afternoon you know, obviously, depending two, two on the service, you don't want to go too late because, right. of course, you know, you, you bump up against that, you know, end of the day uh, situation. But, you know, to late morning, right, early afternoon, just before lunch, just after lunch, those times that are historically low volume times. And and again, if we just offer that to the customers, our first option, I think what happens in most customers' minds is they just think I need to bring it there first thing in the morning, right? right? So they think, okay, I'm going to drop my car off at the dealer or go by the dealer first thing. Then I'm going to go to the grocery store and then I'm going to run by the mall and then I'm going to pick up my kids and and then I'm going to go home. Well, there's no reason why they couldn't go to the grocery store first thing in the morning, right? Well, that's so funny. My dad uh, just dropped his car off uh, with a technician this morning Um, and he... He was asking me last night, we were at dinner, and he asked me if I could give him a ride or, you know, pick him up at the the mechanic. I said, sure. He said, I don't really have to get there early. He said, but if I don't get there, you know, in the morning, then they're not going to get to it today. You know, literally, this case in point is him saying, I want to get there as early as possible. Right. You know. And and I I have dealt with service managers in my consulting capacity who... You know, would not like the uh, the prospect of a BDC, and I'd say, okay, well, what's your ideal scenario? And he'd say, everybody shows up first thing in the morning, they drop their vehicles off, and then they don't come back until the end of the day, or we call them and tell them it's time for them to pick them up. Well, yeah, <laughs> that would be great, you know, if you had... I know some Mercedes dealerships, right, or maybe some other Highline dealerships. They have a fleet of loaner vehicles, right? I mean, like Cadillac. Typically, a Cadillac store is going to have more loaner vehicles because it's Cadillac's policy to offer a loaner to every Cadillac customer. So in doing that, yeah, if we've got a a fleet of of, uh, loaner vehicles and all I have to do is check in and go, hey, Mr. Jones, great. Thank you so much. Here are the keys to the loaner sitting right over there. We'll call you when when we're done. That's fantastic. But the average dealer doesn't have a, a unexhaustible fleet of loaners. And even if they have a shuttle, uh, he takes one guy to the office and he's not back for 45 minutes, right? Right. right. So the next customer is waiting. Um, so are you suggesting that we could schedule these things like instead of everybody showing up at 8 o'clock, that we could have some, some show up at 10 or 11 or, or 12 and kind of wait on their vehicle? Well, I can, think... Can we get that micro where we're scheduling yeah, the technicians? Yeah. Well, I think the, the first thing we need to do is we need to train customers to make an appointment. Customers are used to just showing up at the dealership. That's how they've always done it. They've never thought to make the appointment. So we need to build value in the appointment. We do that through the uh, service BDC, through outbound calls, when they call in to see if they want to bring their vehicle, stressing the importance of an appointment to do that. Um, We certainly don't turn anybody away. And I even suggest word tracks to service advisors that typically get pushed back on, where a service advisor when they're taking in a new vehicle, they just showed up on the service line and say, hey, I'd be glad to help you. What can I help you with today? Well, I was hoping to get an oil change. Great. Did you have an appointment? 
And they go, oh, gosh, I didn't know I needed an appointment. Well, that's okay. You know what? We don't turn anybody away. However... You're just planting that seed. If you if you had, if you have an appointment, we, we can probably get you out a little quicker. It may take a little longer if that's okay with you since you don't have an appointment. Or if you'd like to schedule an appointment now and bring it back at another time, I can do that for you as well. Yeah, I don't know that I would like that. You've got the captive audience right there saying, I want to pay you. Right. And you say, come back. Yeah. Or but I do least, like the idea of planting the seed. Right. Know, saying, do you have an appointment? Or it, oh, you don't? Yeah. Well, it, it may take a few more minutes, but you know what? I'll help you. I'll, I'll try to get it through right away. Well, I, I don't think that that's a big hill to climb. I think if customers knew that they could go on your website on their phone, right. schedule an appointment, that they would probably do that. Well, but but they've had that technology for, I mean, gosh, probably the last... Five or ten years? Yeah, I'd say at least five years that it's across the board at dealerships. Every See, dealership I don't think anybody uses it. Years. Not and much. They, they, they don't. But they don't. Now, I've been in dealers where literally we're going through lead sources and trying to figure out, okay, what's the most effective service customer to call? Right. You know, we're going to hire a couple of BDC reps. Uh, and so I start looking at their lead sources and all the kind of things that they're getting in. I'm like, oh, here's one, you know, for a, they want to schedule their own appointment. They've even suggested the time and yada, yada. Well, a lot of dealers didn't even have that back end set up. I mean, that will integrate into your DMS where they can't pick a time that already has two appointments. Yeah. And one of the difficulties I've seen that dealers deal with with regard to that specific thing is it seems like it's a widget that breaks really easily. Oh, yeah? Because there's so many people in it, right? You have your advisors in it. You have your BDC agents in it. You've got your customers in it. And historically, you'll have time showing is not available that are available, or it'll force an appointment for a time that you're already overbooked for. Yeah. So I don't know that it's a, even though it's been around for a long time and we've been using it for a long time, <clears throat> I don't know that it's a perfect science. From that perspective, okay, um, it's great, and and I think they are perfecting it more and more every year, if not every okay. month. Um, but it it still is is not you know a a, a great provision. Of, well, what would you rather? What would you prefer through the BDC? I mean, but not electronically. No, I I have no problem with it electronically as long as it's set up in a way where them scheduling an appointment. The way I want it set up is they schedule their own appointment. It comes through the, to the BDC as a lead. Right. Okay, right? yeah, that's So what then I'm just saying. like an internet lead for yeah. a sales customer. Yeah. Well, that's they what I was saying. I've shown this to dealers, these leads, and they're like, what is this? I've never seen one of these kinds of leads. Right. Like, this is an appointment. This is scheduled. Like, the customer has picked their time. Right. The, it's in the database already. And, and then I have had dealers who say, well, gosh, if the person already said that they're coming in, they've already picked their time and everything, what's the benefit of my BDC scheduling that appointment, right? And giving yeah. them the credit for scheduling that appointment. Well, to me, what what having that live conversation will confirm that we received the appointment with the customer. Well, you left this part out, but you're saying once you get that lead, you're calling that customer right? saying, hey, I see that you've scheduled an appointment for 9 o'clock today. Yeah. Okay, you didn't bring that up. but Oh, okay. <laughs> but, well, it's just... Yeah, Everybody just knows that. I mean, come on. You know, really? Do I have to get that granular? I'm sorry. You're right. So so we get that, that notification that this customer has scheduled an appointment for themselves. Right. Um, knowing the 
erratic nature of the technology, even still, I mean, this is as soon, you know, as recent as just a few months ago, I, I was in two different dealerships who were having issues with this. So okay. that's how I kind of referring that it's a imperfect process. However, you have those BDC agents calling that customer. Well, one, they're able to solidify in the customer's mind. To me, if, if it was easy for me to just go online, I don't even know that anybody even received it. I mean, maybe I got an email back, but okay. it, I know that I never talked to a person regarding this, this right. uh, appointment. And so if I say, you know what, I'm going to schedule an appointment tomorrow. Maybe I'll be able to make it there at 2 o'clock. I'll go ahead and schedule it for 2 o'clock. It, it's not a solid appointment. Okay. The chances of them not showing for that appointment is more likely than if they talk to somebody who confirms, hey, you know what, we have you down for 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Uh, this is the advisor you'll be meeting with. Have you made alternate travel arrangements, or would you like to take advantage of our shuttle while you're here? You get, so you get a little more information as well. A little more information. Yeah, maybe they didn't put in the accurate miles, or I can confirm the miles, but, but we can turn that that appointment that was easy to make, so in my mind it's easy to break, into a more solid appointment where we can even okay. use that word track at well, the I'm end Well, I'm not sure say, I'm 100% on board with this train of thought, but uh, I think maybe I'm mistaken. I haven't spent years and years in a service lane like I have in the variable ops side, but, I mean, the service department has like a 90% show ratio on appointments. Right. Where I think the true value in, in gaining revenue and improving or streamlining the process is in these people that are not being contacted at all. Oh, absolutely. You know, these, I mean, these orphans, it, like we said, these retention customers. Right. These, well, just like in sales. I mean, typically we pay, if we pay some kind of bonus structure based on number of appointments set, mm -hmm. we pay a different rate for an inbound absolutely. than we do an outbound. For, it's for it's the service. same dynamic. Right, right, for a service BDC rep, uh, th they make less money and bonus on an inbound call because Typically. these people are calling to set an appointment. Right. We know that. Than they do if they make an outbound call and get an appointment. That's worth a little bit more money right. to the dealership and as a bonus to the BDC rep. Yeah. But not only are you are you solidifying the appointment, to, so I think, and it's not just will they not show, uh -huh. right? If I make it for 9 o'clock in the morning... Um, and I'm running a little late, but again, I haven't talked to anybody who's given me a word track like, hey, will you do us a favor? If you're running a few minutes early or a few minutes late, will you please give us a call and let us know? Right. Because I am going to have you set up to meet with such and such advisor at this time. Right. Right. If I haven't been able to really so uh, make that a solid appointment in the mind of the customer, now they're running 30 minutes late, 40 minutes late, no big deal, an hour late, I'm going to go ahead and come in. So now if you have all your 9 o'clock people showing up at 10 o'clock, plus you have your 10 o'clock people showing up at 10 o'clock, plus you have your 11 o'clock people who got, hey, you know what, I'm around the dealership earlier than I thought, I'm going to go ahead and go in. And now everybody's standing around going, well, I had an appointment. Yeah. Why am I waiting? So the BDC rep making that phone call for even a, a person that scheduled their own appointment online still has value in my mind i mean you no, know i, I, think I, I may I have those so. who would disagree however i i feel like it it it's valuable to so, the so let's back up a little bit here and kind of again summarize or great get the the greater picture and then we can drill down on whichever of these strikes your fancy here. okay so we have talked about 
inbound. I don't think we've talked about inbound calls for appointments. Maybe we touched on that some. Uh, we've talked about inbound internet leads where people have set their own appointment. Um, we have talked about the scheduling advantages of having a BDC where we can spread this um, traffic in the service lane. We can spread that out throughout the day versus early in the morning. We can spread it out throughout the day as well as we can keep track of how many technician appointments we have as opposed to how many express appointments we have. Right, so because it would help with our internal scheduling. Yeah, so we, we could be completely to capacity for Express, but if somebody has a mechanical issue that they need a, a ATEC mm-hmm. to, we've got plenty of availability for those. So they're aware of, of that dynamic as well, okay. um, and, and it provides a better uh, experience for the customer. So a couple of other areas I think we ought to discuss is, and this is not strictly BDC related, but I think while we're on the subject, I'd like to discuss the multi-point inspection and a better status call process. Uh, what are your thoughts on those? Would you prefer to talk about either one of those first? Uh, well, we can just do them in the order that you brought them up. All right, that? multi-point So inspection. multi-point inspections, yeah. uh, what a tremendous way to, again, gain customer loyalty, gain a higher level of trust with the customer. Uh, you know, because if I say, if I... Well, let's customer. go through that because it, we, you have a great process. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no. you have a great process um, that I love. I've heard you give it to dealers, and, and I think this is a, worth hearing. Uh, how to present the multi-point inspection? Could yeah. you go with, through that a little bit? Yeah. Well, I, with, with the red, yellow, green. Right, and and so if I am presenting a multi-point to a customer. Right, and I can go through the items that are green. Hey, this looks great. We checked this. This looks great. One, it confirms that we actually did the multi-point. Right, right? we we tout that in the BDC, and then did they do it? Did they not do it? I didn't see anything. Right, did they really check? So, hey, this is if there are things that are yellow, for me to be able to say to the customer, hey, these things are getting close. They're not there yet. We're good today. Probably by the next time you come in, you're going to be ready for. Breaks, um, you know, I mean, wh- whatever the case would be, whatever would be in the, the yellow range. And to me, how much more receptive is that customer going to be when they come in on their next visit and you said, hey, you're in the yellow, not yet, but it's coming, be aware. And now we go, hey, there, it's in the red and this is something you need to do. Yeah, whether that's tread depth or, or brake tread depth, depth or breaks, hoses, belts, that kind of thing. Right. You know, I mean, anything that we're going to see that's at a yellow position now that could go to a red. Now, you gave me forewarning, but when I show up and I'm seeing red, 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 oh, you're just looking to make a buck. Well, and I don't think it's necessarily that we're only... I think part of the problem lies in that the advisors, maybe they feel so overwhelmed or, you know, there's just not enough hours in the day that they either don't present this MPI, or if they do, they only bring up the red, right? right. Hey, hey, we did your multi-point inspection. Everything looks good, except the tires are real bad. Do you want to get new tires today? Right. Now, now it, it, the conversation is not, here's the overall health of your vehicle in a complete picture. It's every time I go to the service department, they're asking me to buy more stuff. Exactly. You know. So I think it's important to start with the green and say, look, 
and we did this 101 point inspection. Every all this green stuff is okay. Your brake thickness is good. Right. Your rotors are good. Uh, over here in the yellow, I did notice that the tread depth was getting a little low. Now it's fine now, right. but we you know let's monitor that over the next three to six months. And then here are the things in the red. You know, your belt has cracks in it, and this could leave you on the side of the road right. if we don't fix it today. And the reason that that doesn't happen on a lot of service lanes mm-hmm. is kind of what we referenced at the beginning when we were even talking about when's the busiest time on the lane. Mm-hmm. Well, if you've got a customer in front of you and two waiting behind that one, mm-hmm. all three of them just want to pick up their car and go, it's difficult to slow them down. And it's 4.30. Right. And you're yeah. getting close to being ready to go. <laughs> to take the time to go through that that good process with the MPI for each one of those customers. And if we had done a status call, we might have different pickup times. Right. Uh, you know, if we if we did a status call at 2 o'clock and said, hey, your car's ready. Yeah. You know, this person might be here at 2.30. Right. And if our schedule was more well-proportioned, right. it wouldn't be everybody who came in that morning who's coming back that afternoon because they understand based on the time they came in. So, when so we're almost talking about changing the business a little bit. And, you know, like you said, we have trained our customer to drop your car off first thing in the morning, pick your car up last thing before they go home. Right. And we're kind of retraining our customer that, that, that we have a better way to serve them. Right. This is what's going to work to your best interest, right? Right. Or when the morning's full, it's full, right? Yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm I'm full for tomorrow, but you know, on Tuesday, I can get you in. You yeah, know, because you prefer. You, I have some morning <laughs> slots available, or I also have afternoon for Monday. Because if you drop your car off on Monday, we're probably not going to get it till Tuesday anyway. Well, you know, hopefully, if, you, if you're scheduling, you know, I mean, I know there are those uh, service managers who count on a certain number of uh, carryovers. Yeah. So that's just an element of the business. But we should know that going in based on the type of service, unless it's something that we came across that wasn't necessarily uh, explained to us as a problem or the customer was unaware it was a problem when they brought the vehicle. Okay. Well, let's move on to uh, status updates. Okay. So when we're doing the initial right up with the customer, right? You're getting the miles, you're getting the VIN, you know, you're doing all this stuff. And you say, okay, you know, you want us to look at the brakes. I'll tell you what, I can probably, you know, it's 9 a.m. now. I can probably get it in with a tech by 9.45. It'll take him 30 minutes to take a look at it. And probably by 10.30, I'll have an answer for you. If I can call you between 10.30 and 11, does that work for you? Yeah, no, I, I would discourage that level of detail. Okay. Well, maybe <laughs> because if the too. if the let's say you know we kind of go through that and I'm, I always discourage anybody from saying it's going to be with a tech by nine forty five because that person in a perfect world they're going to be available at nine forty five but they ran into a bunch of problems on the one that they got on the rack right, right now and it's going to be one o'clock before. Okay. They, they're actually going to be able to okay. get to it. Well, whatever time we choose and but, whatever lingo yeah. we choose, the main purpose of that conversation is to say, I'm going to call you at X time. Right. Right. Whether that's 1030 or 12 o'clock right. or two o'clock, I will be calling you at two o'clock. And I think the biggest driver of when I'm going to call you uh-huh. is not necessarily when I think your car is going to be done. Uh-huh. It's more that I only want a certain number of status update calls to make per hour. Okay. Right? So if I say I should know something between, let's say, 2 and 3 o'clock today, what's the best number to reach you on during that? Now, there's two things I did there, okay? Say I that said, again. 
I should know something about your vehicle between two and three o'clock. What's the best number for me to reach you on during, you know, in between two and three o'clock? Okay. I don't want to say I'm going to call you at two. Uh-huh. Because then if I call you at 210, well, you know what? I thought you were going to call me at 2. So I want to give myself a window. Now, am I going to be available at 2 o'clock to call somebody? Maybe, maybe not. But will I have five minutes to make that call between 2 and 3? Yeah, you're going to have five okay. minutes. And whenever you have a short break, an opportunity, then you can call through your 2 to 3 customers. Well, that brings up another point is, uh, again, when I'm doing that initial thing, we kind of got off on a different tangent there, but... When I'm going through that discussion with the customer, you know, whether whatever time that is, I'm, I should know something by 1030 or I should know something between two and three. How yeah. would you handle that? I would say just a pad of paper. Right. And just write the time down and fill that up. I think it's a great it's a great opportunity to say, what's the best number for me to call you at that time? So they see me writing it down. So now they know that I've documented that, hey, I'm calling Mr. Jones at this number during this time period Mm -hmm. confirms back to the customer i think it's just a point of reference it's kind of almost a prop but it's also that pad to go hey you know what i got a few minutes here let me see who's my you know one to two o'clock people let me call them and run back to the service lane and now i can check on these four customers where are they at and the importance the other critical thing of doing scheduling with the customer to give them a status update call is even if I don't have any information, I still have to make the call, right? I still want to make that call and say, hey, Mr. Jones, we still don't have the information yet. The tech is still working on your vehicle. Probably going to be another hour or two. Why don't I call you back between 3.30 and 4.30? Now, can we use this status update call? I mean, one of the benefits to me is your phone's not ringing off the hook, right? Now we're making an outbound call versus a customer making an inbound call. Right. So I like that aspect of it. But can we also incorporate into that uh, a little bit of the MPI, right? Hey, you know, we started looking at the brakes and we noticed, man, these tires are, are bald. Typically, the MPI is most often done in the express department and it's the last thing they do. Okay. Right. Or it's something that they do progressively through the visit, but they don't complete the form and give it to the advisor until everything is done. And then it's in most service departments, it's a printout at the end. I know manufacturers are really seeing the value of it because they're really impressing on a lot of service departments, uh, depending on the manufacturer. I mean, Toyota has done it religiously for years. I know GM's pushing it more now than they ever have. Have done what? The MPI? The MPI. uh, A presented MPI. Right. right, an MPI. That's, and a lot of manufacturers are going electronic, right? I mean, they're doing this on an iPad or something. Oh, absolutely. 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 Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, as technology continues to increase, then we're going to have more options to, I mean, there are certainly those services out there that will text the information. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I spoke with a lady the other day who, uh, her entire company, that's one of the main things they provide to dealers is... While the tech is looking around at that, he can go ahead and kind of document, you know, here's a snapshot, here's a picture of your brake pad thickness, or here's a video of your drive shaft wiggling around. Right. And they've had that technology for a long time. I know Karma's been around for a while. That's one where they text with service customers. It's an easier way to communicate without making the phone call. But I think what this company has done is they've taken it to the next level where they'll actually send video. Well, and it's not, it's, I don't want... 
you know, Joe Smith, the technician, texting the customer from his phone. Right. It's an app-based system where they kind of upload the picture or the video into the MPI. Right. And then they can, the advisor can text the entire MPI to the customer that it is included uh, video and pictures. Right. So the customer can kind of scroll through it. All right, this is okay. This is okay. This is okay. Oh, wow. Here's a picture of my brake pads. Right. And they're, you know, down to the metal. And, and I think those are great supplemental ways to maintain contact with your customer. I mean, gosh, through, I think, both of the, both the karma and the system you're talking about, and there are others out there, they can either even pay for the service right there. Right. So they're, they've already paid. They've you know seen what their bill is. They've communicated with the service advisor. They've been made aware of any additional concerns or kind of the status of their vehicle. And all they got to do is show up and grab the keys because... You know, they're already checked out and done. Um, so it's great. The only My only reservation to those systems is I think sometimes we lean on the technology so much to avoid having the conversations, which there's nothing more valuable than having the conversation with the customer. Face-to-face. Well, you just have or, more ability to sway a person one way or the yeah, other. Yeah, or even over the phone. I mean, you know, if okay. I can explain to you, right, if I just tell you, hey, we found this, do you want to go ahead and do it? It's $487, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm looking going, God, 487 I, I don't know. Well, it's going to be difficult for me to share with you the impact of not mm-hmm. doing it or saying... If you don't want to do the whole 487, we could just do this and this, mm-hmm. and that'll help get you by, and then you can do these other pieces at a later time. Those, I think, right. are relying your, on your brakes and rotors need replacing. If you only want to do the brake pads, that's fine. I mean, we don't recommend that. Right. But if you're looking to save costs, we could do this and maybe next time do the rotors. Yeah, well, yeah. you wouldn't necessarily want to do that. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I get the point. Yeah, because if your rotors are warped, Right, if you need to do the rotors, well, most of the time they just have grooves in them. You new put new brake pads on there, and now it's going to adapt to the right. Yeah, so and now you put new rotors on there. Well, the brake pads already. Yeah, the brake pads they'll wear down, and it'll whatever be it'll right? it'll mate to whatever surface the rotor is. Come on, but I get your point. Well, I'm glad because that was my goal. All right, jeez. So we talked about everything except outbound and retention and. Orphan owners, I think we ought to save that for another episode. Yeah, we'll we'll do one specifically on the the benefits of because if your advisors are taking the calls, then they're not doing outbound calls. I don't see where then they when they would have time. They can't. Right, it's not going to happen. You're just foregoing that. You know, and, and don't just hire a twenty year old college student to come in there and and that person he or she is going to be your quote service BDC. Right. And how then many you times just, have you seen that? Yeah. Then you just. Hand them a list of 2,000 customers. It takes her a month to get through because she's calling 30 a day. Right. And has no idea why. Right. No, man. Just let, let's do And, let's and do really better. spending hey. most, of, most of her time running back to the service department, running, grabbing lunch, yeah. out on the lane, and not being effective in any of the things, and, on, and just, answering inbound calls. To steal your phrase, you're better than that. You're better Come than on, that. Mr. Come Peter, on, Mr. You're better than that. So I think we uh, we've have come to everything. the end of another episode of an edition of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. Please join us uh, next time when we will be discussing outbound calls in the service department. I was just going to say something else, but yeah, we can discuss that. That's fine. All right. Thanks for listening.
If you enjoy the podcast, you can go to SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com where you can listen to additional episodes, read articles, and learn more about John and Ray. We also cover topics such as automotive sales and service, best practices, training, and techniques that you can put in place today to sell more vehicles and write more ROs. Or gain more dollars per RO. To register for a total dealership assessment, you can visit the website for more information or simply send an email to info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. What's that email address again? It's info ray at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. It's info ray at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. No, Ray, it's just info at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. So just info at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. You've got it. Great.